Hello and welcome to a special edition of Whose Team Is It Anyway? Um, I'll get to our special guest in just a moment, but first let me introduce my two regular co-hosts for the podcast. First of all, Scott, how are you doing, man? Doing great, Andrew. It's good to be back. Uh, regular co-hosts, well, hopefully it gets a bit more regular again. I know we've all had a bit on, so glad to be back. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think uh, folk who have been catching up um, on the archive episodes that we've been putting out will know kind of what the format of the show sounds like, but this is the first new one of these that we've recorded in a while. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, getting back into the swing of things. Of course, we can't do that without uh, my other regular co-host, uh, Idi. How are you doing? Evening. I'm doing really well. Um, I'm excited for recording this episode because I'll not give away where we're guest yet but it is a good friend of mine i travel up to rangers games with him quite often and um, spend a lot of time together and i think he knows me well enough that he realizes if i lose tonight we won't be traveling up to rangers games anymore together because i'll never speak to him again i love the implicit threat there that's lovely um okay well without further ado let's introduce our guest So hello, Andy from That UFO Show. How you doing? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, and I'm glad Eddie said good mate because I was going to say I know Eddie. But if I said good mate, I thought he would say he's not a mate, he's an acquaintance. So uh, it was nice of him to say that first. <laughs> yeah, I thought I would just preemptively get in there and avoid the argument. <laughs> Can I just That's say, back here, I want to be your good mate after hearing your entrance tune, by the way. <laughs> 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 that man. Yeah, I know, I know we can avoid the talking points here, but <laughs> what a wrestler. Separate the artist from, you know, the personal life, yeah. Well, that's something we try and do with the players that we go through on these uh, on these episodes as well. So uh, we're sticking purely to their abilities on the field and absolutely nothing off the field um, in both <laughs> contexts here. Occasionally, yeah. Sometimes we have reasons to, um, to bring it up. Uh, but Andy, tell us a little bit about your uh, podcast, how you got into it, what the history of it is, and um, yeah, um, a little bit for our listeners. Yeah, so um, I started it during the lockdown, like I think most folks in the world did with their podcasts. Yeah, just a bit of boredom, bought a microphone, and it was going to be football or UFOs. And I felt there was less less room for football podcasts. You guys have got a good niche, which I like. Um and I thought UFOs were maybe a bit lacking, and I've, I know quite a bit about UFOs. So, yeah, started it in the May 2020, and for some reason it got kind of popular, and it's continued to kind of grow, that it's it does pretty well, I'll just say that much, um, otherwise you just sound like you're gloating, don't you? So, um, so no, I'm a big podcast fan anyway, I love listening to podcasts, um, listening to loads, I have listened to this, in spite of what they might think. Um, and yeah, it's uh, I like the format and I like what you guys have got going as well. So UFO is a big passion of mine. Um, do interviews, do news, recaps, all that kind of stuff as well. But it's not all little green men and flying saucers and that's that's part of it. But it's not that kind of jokey look at it. You know, I can have a laugh about the subject, but you know, there's a real thing there. And for those interested in the kind of UFO subject, I think if you just pick it up on any episode. If you're into the UFO sub- subject, I think it'll be quite refreshing, especially if you're from the UK, particularly Scotland, to hear a Scottish voice talking about UFOs is, is pretty niche. So, yeah. Can, can I ask, Andrew, um, mm. 
Just just to test your knowledge, I used to live in the UFO capital of Scotland. Do you know where that is? Well, I know Clyde Bank is very, very famous for UFOs. Um, don't know if you're going to say that, though. No, it's not that one. Further east. My geography's shocking me. East, uh, I know Falkirk's pretty thingy for UFOs. Aye, Bonnie Bridge. Bonnie Bridge. Uh, <laughs> That's where I was, yeah, for a while. There's, like, there's a Scottish guy, Malcolm Robinson. He's a kind of older guy, a uh, researcher that knows these Scottish cases inside out. I know far, far more, infinitely more about American UFO cases than Scottish. I just find them more interesting. But uh, aye, it's, it's an interesting topic and it has like, a worldwide thing in it. So much like, uh, the, like much like the football. Nah, that's it, man. No, just, I remember the amount of times when I told people I said Bonnie Bridge, like, oh, the UFO capital. And I'm like, is it? And uh, But apparently talking to a couple of taxi drivers, they've had people in there that have spotted more than one. Um, Do you know, funny enough, I, I, in recording this, Saturday night, I saw one um, coming over my house where I thought I saw it. It's really easy to, you know, misidentify stuff. Uh, it was about quarter to, quarter to eight at night, roughly. Turns out it was just Harry Kane's ball landing in my garden, so... Wee. Get that one in there early. Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the uh, the idea of doing a penalty miss 11 probably hurts uh, our loyal listeners in England because it's, you know, a bit close to that happening to take them out of the World Cup. But in fairness to us, it's really funny. So we're going to do it. Uh, <laughs> I hope Eddie's, Eddie's boy isn't listening. He'll be crying. <laughs> Why? Uh, he's not been, he he's not been allowed. Yeah. He was born Wales in the World Cup, so he was crying a long time ago, mate. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure. I've seen a photo of you wearing the Wales top and the young lad wearing the England that's, top. That's just because I made him wear the England top for the ah, game. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was all for the bit. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, without further ado, let's start running through the team. Uh, our pre-game coin flip has Iddy taking the uh, first guess. Um, and the keeping position is going to be a bit interesting for this one. So, just a re- quick reminder player must have played in the EPL. Um, they'll have played for their national team and they'll have missed a penalty of significance, not you know just a random penalty. This was generally a significant penalty, I think it's fair to say, Andy, right? Yeah. We're not yeah, yeah, David Seaman's missing in the Arsenal training session then though. Let me let me get through my clues first there, Eddie, and then yeah. But it, it's yeah, it's not gonna be a training session. It's gonna be this was this was probably a real game that this took place in. Uh, so first up, we have a player from Spain um, who has played for only two teams uh, in his senior career. Um, all right, Eddie, go for it. David De Gea. I believe, Andy, you can confirm that. Uh, pronunciation aside, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, this is De Gea. De Gea. Um, played in the Europa League final 2021 versus Villarreal. He didn't save any penalties, and then he had his own penalty saved, and the shootout finished 11-10. So, Andy, tell us a little bit first about why uh, he made your team, why this penalty was the one that you decided to pick out. So, uh, David De Gea, I'll go for a fourth pronunciation, um, is a player I, I watched from kind of growing up with Atletico Madrid because I really enjoyed that team at the time. Um, they've been a team kind of robbed of their kind of young talents through the years, but they've always managed to bring through new ones. Um, got his big move to Man United, had a couple of shaky seasons, didn't he? 
um, but kind of embedded himself into their keeper for a decade or more now. Um, he's kind of came through an, another kind of rough patch, but for me, I kind of enjoyed him, not not him missing this one, but the fact Man U didn't win that trophy because I didn't rate Solskjaer at all as a manager and I would have hated for, for him to have got, got a trophy when I was claiming Solskjaer would have been sacked within a few months. It lasted a bit longer than that, but really good goalkeeper. And it was one of those kind of nail-biting penalty shootouts where everyone was scoring. The, all the penalties are going, you know, bottom corner, top corner. And unfortunately, he, he stepped up and it was a rocket right over the right over the bar, wasn't it? So. Yeah, Eddie, your thoughts on David De Gea's penalty there and uh, just your thoughts on him in general as a player as well. I love the pick um, for much the same reasons that Andy's picked him. In result, in regards to the missed penalty, because I really don't didn't want Man United to win that trophy. Um, I'm not even as a youngster, I've I've never liked Man United. Uh, no offense to any Man United fans out there. Just I think with how kind of dominant Sir Alex Ferguson had them, they were one of those teams. I, yeah, I could respect the the good players in their team, but overall, I, I don't like to see them succeed. So I'm quite enjoying this kind of period where they've struggled over the last uh, few years since um, Alex Ferguson retired. So uh, as far as keepers going and missed penalties, I kind of, in my head, I had to, had to be one of three. And I'm, I'm glad it was that one. And I also, I'm not a big fan on, on the player himself, to be honest. I mean, he's been at Man United for a long time now, but let's be honest, if it wasn't for a broken fax machine, he would have scarpered a long time ago. Um, can I just point out with Andy's point on Solskjaer and him saying that he would be gone within a few months you don't have the best of records when it comes to predicting managers leaving their post after a few months do you Andy <laughs> my my Facebook memories history is horrendous the deleting I do on a daily basis of let Craig White take over Charles Green's our saviour and stuff like that is rampant on my book, uh, Facebook page so nah my my calling of managers leaving isn't great now nah. Well, that was just uh, just a series of nightmarish flashbacks there, Andy. That was lovely. <laughs> just all bad memories there. Um, yep. Scott, how about you? Uh, your thoughts on David De Gea? Uh, oh, for me, on David De Gea, to get a fifth pronunciation of his name Thank out of this. <laughs> um, as a Leeds man, which will probably get me a few less brownie points down here, uh, for me, David De Gea is the best keep, best keeper in the Premier League, and had he not had a bunch of donkeys in front of him for the past decade, would have won considerably more than any other keeper. I think he's an outstanding goalkeeper. I agree with Eddie. I think he would have been off in a shot had it not been a broken fax. But yeah, De Gea for me is one. Of, he's a, he's a very eccentric goalkeeper, and as a goalie myself, I look at that and I sit and go. He puts his foot out to a lot of things where we try and get the body behind. But at the same time, that ball would have went under us and his foot's managed to stop it. His reaction is second to none. And no, I'm I'm a massive fan of De Gea, despite what team he plays for. Um, but yeah, shame to see him miss that penalty, despite the team he was playing for as well. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I think this might be a, a talking point as we go through this, but the penalties at the keeper, so it's a save as opposed to a miss, which I always think mm-hmm. is a weird way of categorising. Like, if a if a keeper makes a save, 
it feels like you should credit them with making the save as opposed to you missed it because there are some misses uh, coming up in this Sandy and some of them are atrocious. Um, so I think it's going to be good to differentiate between those. Um, but yeah, uh, I, and again, you know, uh, a good pick, I think. Uh, let's move on to your defence. We have uh, a three at the back here. So there's no right back or left back or anything like that. It's just three centre backs. Is that fair to say, Andy? Yeah, three centre-backs, three yeah. pretty, actually three very different centre-backs, to be honest, when you look at them. Um, one of them, I was a, a bit of a fan of for a while. Um, the other two, not so much. This is where the, the conversation about the off-field stuff maybe uh, enters into play a bit here. <laughs> but um, let's uh, let's start up uh, with your first pick. This player has... Um, probably a, a little bit of a checkered off-field uh, career. Um, played for three English teams in total um, and made 78 appearances at uh, international club level, uh, scoring six goals along the way. Uh, Scott, it's your goal. Mm, slipped in his arse, going up to hit a penalty against Man United. That'll be Mr. I wave a Celtic fucking scarf about John Terry. Uh, Andy, I believe you can confirm that that one's correct, yeah. That's right, yeah. And like you say, that checkered pass is is disgusting. Um, And the fact he did walk out at Parkhead in a Celtic top deserves to be brought up. So, yeah, I'm glad you did bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) Aye, nothing nothing to do with him shagging his teammates' wives. The second they put the Celtic scarf out, that was it for me, man. I was fucking Uh, done. (laughs) (laughs) We're very clear on our principles on this podcast. (laughs) No, I think, uh, yeah, it's... John Terry's a player who's come up, I think, on a couple of our teams previously. But, yeah, practising Penenka's in training obviously didn't quite work out for him. Uh, hands the uh, Champions League in 2008 to Man U after just an atrocious miss, for sure. Uh, Andy, I, I mean, you know, any other thoughts or of views on Terry? Or was this just included because it was hilarious? Do you know what? The actual penalty itself, you, you don't feel for him because he's commonly known as a bit of a prick, isn't he? Can I say that? I've, I've said it, so you might need to beep that out. I don't know. Um, no, but that's absolutely that, fine. That's actually not me. getting bleeped. <laughs> yeah, we, can fu- <laughs> so, we can fucking swear as much as we like, Andy. Don't worry I, about that. I'll also say it again when it comes fantastic. to <laughs> Okay, so he gets up, but his foot gives way. Is it his standing foot slips alongside the ball when you watch it, and his other foot just goes right underneath, and he, and it, he does what he does. And it's a centre-back hitting a penalty anyway, but the conditions were bad. It was wet. It was one of those nights, and I suppose it's the opposite, though, where you've got Man U now winning a final based on John Terry missing, but in the grand scheme of good versus evil, it was one of those where most folk were probably quite happy he'd missed it. As a defender, I always thought he was pretty solid. I think he had a really good career. He is that kind of captain leader legend that they had up around Stamford Bridge. Um, and as a defender, yeah, questionable choice in football clubs as he went on. Um, but yeah, I always thought he'd done a decent job. Pretty solid centre-back, and in an all-time England eleven, I wouldn't be shocked to see him in and around her. No, for sure. Uh, I think we want to rattle on through these. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's John Terry. And we shall talk about him no more. Thank fuck. Iddy, <laughs> you're up next with the guess. And uh, for the first clue, I'm just going to ask, what's the fastest way out of Wembley? 
Yeah, I, I don't know that reference. Sorry. On penalties. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to need a, a clue that will actually work for the player for me. Okay, no worries. Um, this player played for three English Premier League teams, 57 appearances. Oh, I know uh, who it is. Yeah. Okay, Gareth <laughs> Southgate. There it is. Now my hilarious joke is now, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Andy, why did... I uh, hope Gareth I get Southgate... one because he does fucking Matt from Armex one, by the way. <laughs> you mean like John Terry? <laughs> The oh. guy that's been on every episode that we've done. <laughs> you get the only keeper to miss a penalty. Uh, no, there was two others. <laughs> right. and children, children, the please, Andy, tell us about Gareth Southgate made your team first. It's just funny, isn't it? Because the guy's an absolutely bang average manager who fell into a job with one of the best pools of footballers on the planet and Harry Maguire. Um, and he's managed to take them to exactly where they should be anyway with me in the dugout and still not win anything in three tournaments where again they've had the easiest possible runs they could have got and even with the folks shouting at the back but we got Germany you got a really poor young all over the place German team that you beat any decent team England have came up against under Southgate's watch they haven't beaten and that's that's just facts over the last three tournaments and they went into a World Cup on a, a 10 game horrendous run where they've been demoted to the Nations League B. So for me, it was just what was going to come. He is there, Roberto Martinez, great generational talents and done nothing with them. So for me, they can go back to his Pizza Hut adverts anytime they want. Can I come in on this one, Andy? Because that's 100% like everything I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. I've been saying it for the last couple of tournaments. What you said about Germany is exactly bang on. Uh, when they come up against them in the Nations League and whatever, I was saying on Germany, Euro 2028, they'll be a team to be reckoned with. But they're going through their cycle. And it's the same. You see that with the Germans and the Dutch. They go through a cycle where players are aging, players are not not experienced enough to compete or whatever. And they fall away or they have a bad tournament. But after maybe in the next tournament in four years time the World Cup Germany get to the semi-final then when it comes to the Euros they win it I think that's about their timeline so you're bang on with that and with the squad that Southgate's got especially after his performance in the the, uh, Nations League I don't think he's done anything spectacular and living down here and listen I'm not going to say that I'm your bitter Scotsman I was supporting all the home nations, England and Wales, hoping that they'd done well. And I felt England were very hard done by in the France game. But the the hype that came with what they were producing, it, it didn't match up. They beat Iran 6-2, fair enough. They drew 0-0 with USA and possibly the most boring game I've watched since I've watched a game of football Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was in charge of. And then they went on to beat a dilapidated poor Wales team 3-0. Beat a Senegal team that were there for the beating on the counter-attack because all they did was throw everything forward. And then they played the French team who I don't think were the better team on the night. But they twice exploited the defensive weaknesses. And I reckon no matter who they came up against later in the tournament, 
the team's capable of exploiting that weakness they hadn't faced yet. A France, a Spain, a Portugal, a Morocco, as we've seen, Argentina, they would have all put two or three past England because of how frail they are at the back. So Southgate, for me, yep, good good, funny pick there, but I agree completely with your assessment in his managerial career. It's almost a carbon copy of the last World Cup, though, isn't it? They didn't play anyone until yeah. they actually got up against a real team and they got beat. Yep, 100%. I will say, just saying I'm picking someone because the, it was funny, absolutely appropriate for this. No problems with that whatsoever. <laughs> and just to predict that Gareth Southgate will be the next Everton manager when uh, Lampard gets sacked and he will do absolutely nothing with Everton but barely keep them up and then get sacked from them. I think I'm, as long I'm, as he sells I'm, I'm a snake and Patterson I'm, back, then... And then two years later, he becomes the Rangers manager and you, you start talking about how you've always loved him. I'll be right behind them. I'm mm-hmm. going to slip a cheeky fiver on the Everton one, by the way. That's that's a really good shout. <laughs> when in doubt, go with Everton. Boy, oh boy. Okay, let's let's move on to the uh, final centre-back that you got here, Andy. Um, this, uh, this, this is an interesting pick. Um, has played for uh, only one team in the uh, English Premier League, but has played for... A couple of other European league teams, Villarreal and Marseille, uh, still going as well, uh, and has made 46 appearances for his international team, scoring two goals. Scott, this one's uh, yours, so um, best of luck. That's a tough one, that. Uh, did I get his country? No. Or does his country give it away? His country might give it away. Because um, this one, uh, in fact, how about this? I'll say that the penalty miss came this year um, in a tournament that took place this year, although not the tournament that's currently going on. So he's played for Villarreal, Marseille, and a one Premier League team. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I've got one, but I don't have a clue if he's missed a penalty, and it might have been. I'm saying when the penalty miss has been this year. I'm like, oh fuck. Uh. I'm going to go for Eric Bailly or Bailey, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, Scott, I think Andy will be able to make you quite happy. That is a great shout, yeah, and I thought this was one of the more difficult ones. So uh, he missed the decisive penalty against Egypt in the AFCON 2022. Um, one of those players that I think whenever I see that he's still at Man United, I'm amazed. He's only 28 and he's been there six years as well. Um so I is came in with a bit of a reputation, but as with any Man United player signed in the last eight, nine years, like Eddie says, since Ferguson left pretty much, anyone coming in with a reputation, beware, because you'll get dragged down to that level. One one of the things that got like I, I knew he came for Villarreal and, and um it was literally Villarreal and Marseille. It's it's not a common link with a Premier League team. And I was sitting going Villarreal, Marseille I knew he went out in Marseille alone 
and I knew he'd came for Villarreal. I never thought that he'd be in this team, and I never, <laughs> I never knew that he missed that penalty. But I agree with what you said. I was like, I think did he know just have like one half decent season with Villarreal and Man United were like, oh, we're going to pay a fortune for you, which is <laughs> not unlike them. I mean, look at <laughs> look at look at Slabhead for eighty million. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably it, right? It's the reputational uh, thing from Villarreal, but he's made seventy appearances at Man U since twenty sixteen, which is not exactly a uh, a first choice kind of numbers there. This this penalty as well. Um, I was doing the off. research. I was doing the research prior to the uh, to the recording, and Andy, this one's a belter of a miss. This is like, well, no, in fact, it is a save, technically, but he makes it quite easy for the keeper. Single step, hoofs it kind of half-heartedly towards the keeper, who manages to tip it onto the bar. Some outstandingly poor work. It's a centre-back's penalty, isn't it? Like, yeah. that's it. It's, it's lacking the technique, and if it goes in, it probably looks good, but, yeah, it's not, not the best. No, absolutely. See, just to fill up the slot, because the one... Well, I don't really have much to say about Eric Bailly, and I don't. I'm 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 not one to speak for a day, but I'm sure that he doesn't really give a fuck about him either. Um, but, but saying it's a standard centre back, I think penalty, you'll find. I'll, I'll let you know that Lorenzo Amoruso would fucking hammer a penalty home. I don't know about that. I mean, he would hammer Lorenzo it. Amoruso would hammer he'd it. Certainly it, hammer it. But, yeah. Okay, but I'm sure if you hit the net, you, you get centre backs that just put their foot through it. Do you know one of my favourite only an excuse uh, commentaries back in the day was uh, when he was doing was it Arch McPherson and he says Amoruso starts his run five six seven eight stands into the Brimland rear and I always loved that one so yeah <laughs> big Amo loved that or not woof woof I can't be only an excuse well old only an excuse uh, the old stuff yeah. before everyone get offended by everything yeah aye true. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steer this podcast into a safer direction. Mm, actually, no. See, seeing the next guess, maybe not so much. Um, mm. We're into the midfield now. Idi, this is your guess, and I'm quite happy that it's your guess. Uh, this player has made 78 appearances for his international team, scoring 20 goals, um, and I think has only actually featured for, let's say. I say one uh, English Premier League team of note. I'm not totally sure about the team he went to loan on to after that was in the Premier League at the time. It may have been. Um, and then, yeah, has had uh, since 2019 a career in Europe as well. And I will say for your final clue here, Eddie, he's definitely a player that you know. Definitely a player that I know. Am I getting a clue of any of the teams he played for? Or am I just guessing off of 78 caps and 20 goals? Uh, you can have the team that he played for. He played for Arsenal in the Premier League. Mm, that is a... And he's only played for one Premier League team. I think so. He played for Nottingham Forest between 2010 and 11, and I can't be bothered to look up if they were in the Premier League then or not. I think they were Championship. They fucking right. weren't, but you just want to shag at his arse anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's too good. 
Oh, wait, no, I know why you have done this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Ramsey. Yes. Yeah, I should have seen that. But as soon as you said he's definitely one that I know, I should have. <laughs> that's the cheap dig there. Oh, I'm going for well, that pass. <laughs> I did have in, in the show notes here, none of us want to talk about this uh, particular penalty miss. But, Andy, right. why, don't, why, don't, why don't you talk about this one first? I, I, it still hurts, doesn't it? I think the only thing that trumps this for me, because for me, I, no professional footballer should miss a penalty like that, especially one as talented as him. Gio should never have had him taking that penalty in the first place. That kind of, not not as warmed up as he could have been. Um, but I still go back to the same thing as I tell a day all the time. Why did Goldson not just clear that cross? Hoof it at the park and we don't even go to penalties. But I. It was a hard one to put down. I thought it was a relevant one to put down because I, I will admit at the time I was quite impressed with that signing, as was Ross Wilson, as he demonstrated by licking his own arse at the, the doors of Ibrooks. Um And yeah, it, it seemed a bit of a coup and it was always going to be one of those, you forget sometimes you scored in an old firm game as well, don't you? Um, but it didn't really matter because we could beat 2-1. It was, it was going to work out and it wasn't. And it didn't in spectacular fashion. And when he stepped up to take that penalty, I remember turning to my wife and just saying, he's going to miss, isn't he? Because that was just written in the stars the way our season had turned out. So, yeah, I saw one, one that didn't work out, um, barring a wonderful cup appearance, I think, against Annan, was it? When we won 3-0. I thought he was outstanding on the night. Um, but, yeah, other than that, money, money lost. Yeah, I think the only player, uh, the only person rather, who was happier about that transfer than Ross Wilson was, was uh, Idi. So I'll let you talk a bit about Aaron Ramsey. Right. I'm just going to say, uh, as Andy said, this this is well, he kind of sort of said this isn't on Aaron Ramsey. Okay, Aaron Ramsey was brought on with like a minute to go. Um, to just to step up and take a penalty that never seems to work okay we've just seen a couple of years earlier or the year before England try that and fail miserably when they brought players on to take penalties um, with a minute to go and it just doesn't work and if Goldson clears that ball we don't even go to penalties if Kent can hit the goal just once in the match it doesn't go to penalties. That wasn't on Aaron Ramsey, right? Aaron Ramsey would have been a success at the club if he'd stepped up and scored that penalty. Sure. But he missed it, so he wasn't a success. But the blame does not lie with Aaron Ramsey on that. Okay, there's plenty of other moments before that penalty where we should have won that game. That being said, he was absolutely horrendous at the World Cup, so I kind of hope he just retires now. <laughs> and I'll say, Cam's point today. Yeah, no, he fucking sucks, and I hate him. <laughs> There's my objective side. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, we're, we, um, <laughs> as I said to you in the email before we even uh, sat down to record this, Andy, um, it, it's still too raw. It still hurts too much. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna move us on. Do you know from, what? Right, I'm okay. gonna totally flip on myself here and actually say I don't like Aaron Ramsey anymore. Because in 2022, I've seen him, I've seen him miss a penalty in the Europa League final for Rangers and not bother to turn up at Wales's first World Cup in my lifetime. It's actually, I'm totally changing my mind on him. <laughs> this has been a progression for an entire year here, Eddie. Like at the start, you were saying he was the greatest Welsh player ever since, you know, his wow. wee mate Gareth Bale. Um, and now we're at the end of the year, and you know, he's like Satan. It's great. I yeah. love that. It's, that's that's that a 180 on that one. 
All right, we're going to continue now with your midfield here, Andy. Um, we've got four people in midfield. Again, I think this is quite interchangeable. I don't think we're sticking to a kind of strict format here. Um, certainly, was, I think, was Aaron Ramsey not a midfielder? He, he was a midfielder. Um, there's three more of them now. If that's okay, Scott. If you let me, you Just know, continue. Moving on to the midfield, I was Aaron Ramsey playing left back. Let's move on with the midfield because we're already in there. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's have a fire over the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, I, in, in fact, I believe, Scott, this one's yours because I just made Iddy pick Aaron Ramsey out. Fuck, that's my clues. Uh, Fuck no. <laughs> um, this might be one of the older players that we've had on Whose Team Is It Anyway? And uh, if Gareth Southgate cemented the myth that England uh, fear nothing more than penalties versus Germany, this is probably where the myth starts. Made 62 appearances for his club, England, uh, international level. And, yeah, was player for Newcastle United and Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League, but had a career that went all the way from 1978 up to 2014. Once he's had his guess, I'm going to just jump in with a little counterpoint. A midfielder. Indeed. Can I get those stats again? 62 appearances for his international team, Mm -hmm. including six goals. Um, Teams at England and played for two Premier League teams. That's your clues. Fuck me, man. Gaza. Get in. <laughs> Unfortunately, Scott, that's not correct. Idiot, I'll come to you. Right. So can I just point out Newcastle and Spurs weren't in the Premier League when he played for them because the Premier League wasn't a tournament wasn't like a all right all right oh they, i thought totally, i thought totally wednesday in the and it's chris waddle i totally eliminated the fact that it was his playing career went up to 2014 as well okay Eddie. uh yeah andy i think you can confirm that that one was right yeah it was at sheffield wednesday and that was the first year of the premier league starting and i believe they got the football writers association player of the year award um, it was a it was a bit of a winger. I've classed him as a winger in this formation, even though, like you say, the players are quite interchangeable. Um, took a poor penalty. He's one of those ones. If you watch it, the body language. I know it's in hindsight because you know he's going to miss. His body language is all off. Doesn't look confident. Turns round, runs at it, and he kind of tries to slice it into the top corner with outside his foot. Um, and it just it never came home again. And another disappointing semi for Chris Waddle. Oh boy, uh, Scott, I'm gonna let you uh, have a have a little talk about Chris Wall first. So many jokes for a little time about a disappointing semi. I'm I'm going to be honest with you, it's before my time. Uh, Chris Waddle, he's not one of these players like you get told about, like Maradona. Even if we go into an England point of view, it's like you need to look at this player like Glenn Hoddle, or you need to look at Gaza, or you need to look at Brian Robson. There was never that much of a fuss about him. 
So I'll be honest with you, I generally know fuck all about him and I generally don't care. <laughs> so I know that sounds horrible, but he was never he was never good enough to get in my football radar. And I, I, from from what I've heard from people that my age that did watch him said, Oh, he was a good player, but nobody's ever come out and went, Oh, what a player, you know what I mean? I'm like, ah, he's all right, aye. So yeah, World Cup semi final penalty miss, so it's always got that was gloss that, that Italian, ain't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was indeed. To be, yeah. Okay, to be so fair, I was one. I was one. <laughs> to be fair, Scott, when he was kind of in his prime of when we would have been watching, he was at Marseille, so we wouldn't have seen a lot of him over here in the UK. So you're right, he isn't someone that kind of our age group would have had a a great recollection of because by the time he came to Sheffield Wednesday, I know he had a great season at Sheffield Wednesday, but let's be honest, outside of Sheffield Wednesday fans, nobody pays attention to Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, listen, he's no Carboni or fucking David Hurst or Paolo Di Canio. Exactly, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday have had better players than that. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, the only thing I knew about Chris Waddle that he's a one-line joke in the Fast Show, so yeah, yeah absolutely before my time as well. Um, we'll move on, I think, uh, to probably, probably a player that you guys will have heard of. Um, this player who has featured a few times on whose team is it anyway previously has played for two oh no sorry just one English Premier League team although he spent time at another one uh, for his youth career made 115 appearances at England and scored 17 goals David Beckham and yeah I think you can confirm that that one's correct yeah yeah and he's a huge Beckham fan yeah. Preston North End weren't in the Premier League when he got London. No, he, uh, he, spent, he was. Did he spend time training at Arsenal? He's, it was Spurs actually, but yeah, that's um, it was one of those London clubs, right? Um, he's, but, yeah. His kid plays with Arsenal, doesn't he? Something like that. One of his kids trains there, or he's in the youth setup. But yeah, Beckham. Do you know what? One of those players I was never as enamoured with as a lot of other folk were. Um, I don't quite see. The, the amazing player that earns him an icon spot in FIFA, for example. But he did have an incredible right foot that could open a tin of beans. Like, it was literally one touch, bang, get it in the box. I just think if it wasn't English and wasn't shagging a Spice Girl, that, that wouldn't have happened. And it became a brand, didn't it? it was, he's not as stupid as he makes out. Um, know the money he's got now. So for me, he's done really well for himself. Seems an all right guy. Gives a lot to charity, but you can when you're making 500 million a year. So, yeah. And it was the poster boy, wasn't it? Missing a penalty against uh, Portugal. Yeah, the, this quarterfinal penalty against Portugal was the one where he decides to do some digging around the penalty spot. I think he unearths like the entire penalty spot when he tries to get the ball um, and sends his thing into orbit. Uh, this is definitely a miss, uh, you'd say. Eddie, uh, your thoughts on David Beckham? I'm actually quite glad to hear Andy's analysis of him there because for most of this uh, podcast, I've actually agreed with what he said, and I, that doesn't sit comfortably with me. Um, but on that one, I, I disagree. I actually am a big Beckham fan. I thought he was a fantastic footballer. You don't earn a move to the Galacticos without being a fantastic footballer. Now, I do agree that he became more of a brand than a footballer towards the end. And I think the only reason he ended up at PSG, for example, is because of that. They were moving to that kind of global brand 
situation rather than being a football club anymore and and that's why they brought him in because it helps progress that but prior to that before going to america i think his time at man united and real madrid i think he was a fantastic footballer his right foot was tremendous and you could always rely on him for a dead ball and of course he fits perfectly into um charlie miller's football boots so what more can you ask yeah i think undoubtedly a talented player but you know maybe maybe uh one of the cases where the off-field stuff maybe started to overshadow his on-field stuff uh certainly towards the end of his career i think um but yeah we'll uh we'll move on and we'll come on to the final midfielder that you've got here andy uh another english player um so we've we've kept it you know, English and wannabe English for the entire midfield. So that's uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get rises out of it now for kicks. Um, this uh, this player played almost entirely within England for his entire senior career. Um, spent nine appearances on loan in Wales, and then had a brief stint at New York City FC, primarily known for playing for one big London-based team. Had 106 appearances uh, for England, scoring 29 goals. Scott, you're up for the guess. I'm just kind of disappointed when we're going along in terms of penalty misses that we didn't get to mention David Batty because I just absolutely love him. But <laughs> well, that's, my, that's why I'm glad we didn't bring him in, though, because I don't really want to discuss him in this kind of a format. Yeah, you, you have now want, descended no, no, into I love, I love him. I don't want him uh, getting a slate for it. So. one of my favourite footballers of all time, so I'm, I'm glad we didn't bring him in as a, a let's laugh at him person. Yeah, we'll, we'll just laugh at Lampard instead, eh, when, before Southgate takes over his job at Everton. <laughs> uh, yeah, Andy, uh, it is <laughs> Frank himself. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, his penalty in the World Cup quarterfinal v Portugal. Yeah, do you know what? This is one that I'm sad he missed because I, I like Frank Lampard. Of all the, the midfielders, all the teams so far, and probably the full team, he's the one I really liked. Uh, great player. I remember I was obviously pretty young as well, but that kind of era where he was coming off the bench at West Ham and making a name for himself, got that move to Chelsea, and that Chelsea team that started spending the kind of big money, and he just cemented himself in with John Terry as the kind of spine of that team, didn't he? Um, unbelievable player. I love Lampard's penalties normally, because he's the type of guy that runs up and just he smashes it, but with technique, and if you hit it hard enough, it's going to go in. So the misses are kind of few and far between with him. I had to complete an all-English midfielder, um, plus Aaron Ramsey, but Wales is just part of London, pretty much, so it's, it's very much an all-English midfield. You're right, um, your geography sad, is horrendous. <laughs> sad to put him in there, but yeah, it's another another English penalty miss that given the the recent, you know, happenings over in Qatar. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think this this one's made even worse because it's the first penalty of the shootout as well, and it gets saved by the keeper. Uh I think Lampard kind of half heartedly hits it. It's not quite in the middle it's not quite to the left it's just sort of in the middle of that and it's easy for the keeper to save so um it's not his usual penalty at all he never had yeah. something like that uh as this was scott's guess i'll let scott talk a little bit about frank eh, i know we've discussed his playing career and we've discussed his abilities i sent him a 
plenty of times, but I'll just agree with Andrew that it wasn't his normal penalty. Normally he rifled them, and that was just, I don't know what was going on there, but you don't you don't forget the the fact that was the the game when the goalkeeper scored the winning penalty, wasn't it? The absolute piss take. Correct me if I'm wrong. It could be. You know, I've done I've done the research on one specific penalty kick here, Scott. Oh, right, okay. You know, <laughs> so, was... might be, might not be. Who can I'm say? Sh- I'm sure that was that one, but just for a man who was, and when you look at his career, like, listen, everybody misses penalties. I mean, he uh, there used to be a running joke going upon with the boys that used to play football with him, with Pat Coopnon or whoever's going to score a penalty, and it was always him and... Before he before he get his big move to Liverpool, Ricky Lambert, because he never missed a penalty, and they they were the two sort of sods on. So it was like, it I agree just just what you said there, Andrew. It was bang on. It just it wasn't a Lampard penalty, and I I don't know what he tried to change coming up to it, but or I don't know whether he was sitting going, this keeper expects my penalties to be like this. I'm going to try something different, but. He fucked it. Royally fucked it. That's just it. Uh, you know, just just a just a poor penalty overall. Continues England's just atrocious record with penalties in general at international tournaments. You know, and as uh, as we've noted, something that continues to this very day. We'll move on to the uh, the front three now here, Andy. Uh, again. I think this is quite interchangeable. I don't think we've got any particularly defined like left wing, right wing or, or strikers here, but correct me if I'm wrong. I'd say I've got two that I would definitely play wider and then one that very much would be through the middle. And is Probably the, is in the order they're listed for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So up first, we've got one of Andy's wingers here. Uh, this is going to be your guess here, Eddie. Two non-consecutive uh, terms in the English Premier League at Everton, 10 and then seven appearances. Um, actually uh, came to prominence playing for Bayer Leverkusen, um, but has primarily made his career uh, not in the uh, not in the UK or indeed in Europe. And uh, currently managing a fantastically named team, the San Diego Loyal. Idi, any ideas? Ah, uh, be honest, no. Um, so he's played for Everton and Bayer Leverkusen. He now has. Man- now manages San Diego. Nah, I, 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 I'm totally drawing a blank on this one. No worries, I'll kick it over to Scott. You got any clues, mate? It's just a pure guess, right? But I know he played in Germany and I know he played for Everton. It's no Landon Donovan, is it? Andy, I believe you can confirm that Scott's got that one right. Ah, of course. Yes, it was Landon Donovan. Uh, I always thought he was like, he was really well thought of, wasn't he, at Everton? Never played that many games. I thought he played a lot more than the the, the 17. Um, Always seemed to do a job for them. And I think secretly wanted a move to the Premier League. But I'm just guessing English Premier League teams didn't want to pay the kind of money that he was getting over in the US, even at the time. I, I, he was a he was a mega star over there. I, I don't know, like um I'm sitting like I'm I'm a bit of an anorak when it comes to German football. I remember him at Bayer Leverkusen barely. 
I, I remember him playing for Bayern Munich. I'm not sure, did he play for Munich? But I'm sitting going, if he went to Everton, then you're sitting going, fuck me. Maybe didn't he play for Munich? But No, he did uh, six appearances for them in 2009, then 10 appearances for Everton in 2010, doesn't play at all in 2011, and then seven appearances for Everton alone again. I mean, that sounds like as we John Suter, but aye, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you think about that as well, you're just like, Landon Donovan, like, for the career he had, you're like, where did he get all the goals and all the appearances? It must have been in America, because... You, yeah, 100%. So he's, he's yeah, under he contract was... with, with Bayer Leverkusen um, from 2000 through to 2005, spends... Four years of that at the San Jose Earthquakes, where he scores, he appears 87 times and scores 32 goals, and then gets a transfer to LA Galaxy, where he score, where he scores 112 goals over 247 appearances. So does the business in the states, but you take him out of that, and uh, I think it's fair to say it doesn't really uh, pull up any trees there. Uh, but this was a penalty in the 2009 MLS Cup final against Real Salt Lake or Real Salt Lake, if you want to pretend they're like a fancy European team. Anyway. Um, batters the ball, too much power, straight over the bar. All I'll say uh, is fair play to Andrew for knowing that he missed that penalty because for me, for me, it was he played in Germany. And then when you said Leverkusen, I was like, daddy. And then when it was Everton, I was like, oh, fuck it, that's the only one I can think of. So. I had no idea God. I missed an important penalty. I completely forgot he played for Everton, you know. Uh, it just was not in my on my radar at all. And then as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, bollocks, yeah. Question, the penalty, was that a proper penalty or was it that weird MLS thing that they did back in the day where you started on the halfway line and you got to run with it one-on-one? No, no. A nice hockey penalty shot. <laughs> I'll I'll stand for a lot of shit talking for Americans because, you know, I'm one of them. It's allowed, obviously. Um, but, you know, th- this was like a real European penalty from okay, the penalty so this, spot. This was so, proper football, not just we'll make up the rules as we go along football. No, he pro- proper soccered it from the soccer spot. <laughs> we don't need any fancy European rules. We know how to play soccer American style. And see, I can, I can make fun of it because the USA were the only team we didn't get barred by at the World Cup, so it's fine. <laughs> I it's the make, small crumbs of comfort because I just there, don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm intrigued by the San Diego Loyola. I want to I want to find out some more about them. Yeah, Andy, this is a hell of a pull. Um, you know what what brought this one up for you? Do you know what I? Of all, he's one of those players I associate with Everton, and I honestly thought he'd played more games than he had in the two spells. But he came at kind of weird times because the MLS was just finished and they could come over and everything, and they were always kind of funny deals, weren't they? Um, so I googled to check Landon Donovan penalty missed and saw he had missed one in the MLS Cup and that's that weird, it's not a cup it's the league title but they play a playoff game for the league title so yeah. it was against as you say Real Salt Lake and he summoned as I've said before his inner Tom Rogic and he <laughs> put it right over the bar and it was 5-4 and the penalty shoot out and yeah they lost the league essentially on that penalty um, so yeah the, the American Aaron Ramsey just just brutal there, Andy. <laughs> uh, a good player, so, but I think he was one of those good players that probably could have done more in, in England. I was always surprised that he never got that move. I don't know if it's just the uh, the weird way that the US seasons align with, uh, with the English league, um, because as you say, he's always coming over at kind of odd times. 
um you know yeah. he'll come in through like halfway through a season and that kind of thing so yeah Aye, like so, the like the beckham to milan type stuff yeah exactly how, how would that ever work it's, it's fucking infuriating it was like prime see when you think of the american pleasure just like landon donovan and clint dempsey man it was just like that was the that was a that was a power two up front like um also i'm annoyed that he missed it against real salt lake because real is spanish for royal and that's why the teams <laughs> get it so salt lake city has no fucking business using that terminology I think it's probably worth pointing out Hispanic people that live in that city is per domination. So it's just yeah, it's fucking outrageous. Real Salt Lake, fair enough, but Real Salt Lake's just fucking ludicrous. Yeah, I think the the reason that America's a country is because they rebelled against a king. So, you know, it always feels a bit weird when they decide to do anything involving royalty in general. This is definitely a rant I did not expect to happen when we decided to do this show. (laughs) Just just putting that out there. I, I just want to say, Andrew, MLS, MLS team names always remind me of when me and my mates would play at goals five aside on a Saturday morning in the under-14s league, and you would come up against, like, Real Rangers and stuff like that, and you were just slinging <laughs> a couple of team names together, and somebody came over for a holiday in the summer to visit some Scottish relatives, saw the goals power league set up, and went, actually, do you know what? I'm going to take that back over stateside. Yeah, it's, it, it's, pro- it's no far off, man. I'll give that. Here, by the way, right, well, what's the best one you've heard that you've went and played against? The best one, because I think we'll put that out to our listeners, and the best one will receive a prize on the next podcast, courtesy of me for that one, but what's the best five or sevens team name you've had against you in a league? Oh, yeah, that's not a bad shout, because there's some atrocious ones out there for sure. <laughs> So any listeners that want to send in an email with the name of the teams that they've played, you can send that to contact at saturdayat3.co.uk. Thank you, Eddie, for keeping us professional and covering up that I didn't remember what the email address was. No one will ever know. <laughs> we'll, we'll post that out in the tweet. But like I said, if, if Andy's got any examples, so I'll say one of the first two that I thought were hilarious were the usual interior ma. <laughs> <laughs> Into your man was always one as well. Yeah. Or uh, leave my Barcelona. Okay, so up next we have, uh, I think, in fact, Scott, this is uh, this is your guess. Um, after uh, nicking that one off of. Uh, is everybody so fucking shocked? I stole one off a day for a change. <laughs> it, it has gone against, I think, you know, the previous eight or so podcasts. So yeah. It's gone against logic, but don't worry, I do nick this back <laughs> off me probably. Uh, we shall see. We shall see. Um, this player made 48 appearances for a London-based English Premier League team. Um, that's his only appearance in the English Premier League. And it is definitely the English Premier League at this point, Eddie. Um, but probably is better known for his appearances at Dynamo Kiev and Milan. Made 111 appearances. You for real. <laughs> I get Landon free. Donovan and he gets this. And 48 goals. Scott, any thoughts? Cause I feel it's going to be one that Eddie thinks he knows. You see, just to drag this out for a day, it's like... Um, I'll drag uh, you out, mate. I'll drag you out. <laughs> I think it's the first time the podcast actually come down to physical threats and violence. I, mean, I, I, I do remember his miss, but 
at the time of such great war in this world and how, how we all support Ukraine. Um, I think we all need to be behind Andrei Shevchenko at this point and not let me going one up on the fucking podcast take you any other difference. So, Andrei Shevchenko, please. Andy, I believe you can confirm that's correct. Uh, this was in the 2005 Champions League final, the miracle of Istanbul. Uh, but Andy, tell us a little bit about the penalty, the player, why made your team? Yeah, um, famously, that, that game, wasn't it, for Liverpool? Um, pulling themselves back to 3-0 down at half time, three each. Penalties go their way. Shevchenko was one of those, just, he was a lethal marksman, wasn't he, till he went to, to Chelsea. Um, and of all the people you expected to score, you, you thought he's slotting this away from 12 yards out, a free shot at goal. Shevchenko, your money on him. But no, Mackie's, and that's it. Uh, Liverpool somehow win the Champions League in Istanbul. Great player, again, until he went to Chelsea. He was one of those guys you thought would score goals wherever he went. Um, and it just never worked out for him, did it? But I think he went to Chelsea at that time where they were making a lot of big money signings and were they necessarily fitting into a team? Not really. So it was it was like the advocate era for Chelsea, wasn't it? You know, just making a lot of signings. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. And they could afford to just get rid. And they did eventually. So, yeah, kind of disappointing time in England. But in terms of being a kind of top-class international striker, uh, yeah, bad penalty, though. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, they're, they're um, uh, sorry, Liverpool are 3-2 up on, on penalty. Shevchenko steps up and he's got to score it and just fucks it completely. Um, costs oh, the whole game. Penalties, you couldn't tell me a goalie won it for Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Scott, you made the guess. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, failed Ukrainian parliamentary candidate, Andriy Shevchenko. <laughs> um, no, uh, I loved Andriy Shevchenko as a, a striker. Uh, had a disappointing time when he came to Chelsea. Um, just never really hit the highlights. Um, whether that's down to the way he was played or whatever, but you've seen that, I mean, that team that he played with, but at the same time, you need to wait up and you sit and go, who else could have been playing with that team and getting the service that they got? I mean, you had fucking Clarence Seedorf in that team, you had Pirlo in that team, you had fucking, I'm pretty sure Cafu was still in that team, Maldini, I mean, it was just the most amazing Milan team to play in. And uh, he, he was outstanding in Italy. And then he came over here and he just sort of dusted it off. But at the same time, I'll give him his credit. I mean, I know he went to going to, uh, went to management. He went to international management. He was a Ukraine manager for, I think it was the 2016 Euros. Yeah, uh, that's right. When they lost to Northern Ireland uh, in Lyon, where I was there. But, um, listen, credit to a guy that's going on to go into management. He could have been one of these guys that disappeared. Um, I think his career had a an early peak. And I'm not one of these people that's sitting going, he w-. my argument is he's the same as Fernando Torres, if that makes sense. He had outstanding highs in his career. And see, because latterly, he went to clubs that he thought 
things might pan out and it didn't pan out for him doesn't mean he wasn't a brilliant striker and he wasn't outstanding. I mean, Shevchenko for me is up there as probably one of the best I've seen. Um, I know that's a strong statement to make, but I, I remember watching him. The, the Serie A was one of the leagues that I actually grew up watching, so albeit I was a teenager when I was watching him in there, it was an exciting league to watch, and the fact he was in that dominant AC team, um, I think the latter part of his career just so he, he dwindled out into a, a fucking a slow burn rather than just went out in the height of his career, like a lot of strikers do. So for me, not great pick. Um, the penalty miss, yep. Well, I don't think we'll ever forget it. Um, probably the best Champions League final I've ever watched, and it always will be. <laughs> Because I can't see anything topping it, but yeah, that 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 was what made me remember. As soon as soon as it was one one team in the Premier League never highlighted it, played for it, uh, played in the Serie A, and I'm like, right, okay, we're gone here. So yeah, Shevchenko, brilliant player. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting pick because I, I don't believe he's been featured at all on any of our previous episodes. Um, so, so yeah, really interesting pick. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, you don't win the Ballon d'Or for absolutely nothing. You've got to do something, correct? Um, also, in the... Fuck you, Andrew, you won a Ballon d'Or. Oh, absolutely, yeah, 2004. Right. Fair play, I never knew that, and that's fucking... I did more fuel in my argument then. It was fucking amazing, <laughs> so... I mean, yeah, like I said, the Ballon d'Or can get a bit political, but I think you still have to be quite a good player to win it, you know? So, um, And yeah, uh, picked uh, for the FIFA World 11, 2005, 2004. He's named uh, the top what in the top 100 greatest living footballers as well as part of their anniversary celebration. So, yeah, I, I think safe to say he's internationally recognised. I'm sure it'll be made up to hear that you've said he's quite good as well, though, Scott. So that's good. <laughs> Listen, I'm just quite happy I could rhyme off the fact that he managed Ukraine at a certain point. And I'm saying, going, I'm not confused about who it is. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well here. I have a vague football knowledge. Yeah. He managed them at the last Euros as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, Euro 2020. I think he was quite successful as Ukraine manager, to be honest. Well, he took them to the quarterfinals in that tournament. So, you know, yeah. did okay. I think it's fair to say. Okay, we're going to come to the final player. We're actually tied on the quiz, so I'm going to do something slightly different. I'm going to ask both of you to... How in the name of fuck can we be tied? Because I took one of Eddie's. And, and I took, took one, one of yours. yours. Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. Yeah, I forgot. That's I forgot. He's, the, he's the first He's the first fucking player. Right, fair enough. <laughs> I was sitting going, I'm doing really well this time. Well, I mean, you are. You started second, then it's tied. So, you know, that is that is pretty well. Um. We're, we're going to do, I think, we're going to try and do some buzzing in. So what I'm going to ask is for both Iddy and Scott to put yourselves on mute and then put your mouse pointer over the raise hand button on Skype there. And whoever's hand pops up first, I'll come to you first. Does that sound fair? Yeah, it's fine. Give me two seconds to get my Skype sorted. Right, okay. Uh, right, raise hand button. Right, okay. Yeah? Okay. So... This is a player who has never featured on um, our podcast 
previously. Um, he's qualifiers by virtue of the fact that he played 34 times for Sunderland. And <laughs> okay, Eddie's got his hand up. Asamoah Gyan. Um, just before I confirm or deny this, I will say that this is, as far as I'm aware, um, Andy, in, in your team, the only player whose uh, penalty has nearly caused an international incident. But I believe you can confirm that Izzy was correct there. It was correct. That's a pretty swift guess. And it almost did. And it's funny, I was sitting putting this together and that penalty came up on a highlights package during the World Cup. And I was like, ah, oh, he missed the penalty that was basically off the back of Suarez's handball on the line for Uruguay. And obviously Suarez went off the pitch, red card in tears, turned round to watch Jean not convert. And that would have put uh, Ghana through. And obviously didn't. And, and Uruguay went through and Suarez went mental on the sidelines. Um, so top shithousery from Luis Suarez. Um, a man with, again, off the field issues. But uh, yeah, I, I've, I've got to like that kind of shit house today. That's a that's a Morelos thing to do, you know. So yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah, and it was something that was still getting talked about during this World Cup as well. I think uh, Ghana attempted to extract some revenge there on that one. So um, it's not it's not yeah. like the English to talk about handballs from 40 years ago, is it? So you know. No, England barely go on about tournaments, you know, past the most recent one. You know, they're very kind of reserved yeah. in that in that in That's that sense. It. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's a it's a hell of a um, hell of a way to win this, Eddie. Um, you know, tell us how you're feeling, but you know, maybe more just about the uh, the penalty itself here. I just love that we've somehow managed to tie this episode up with a Luis Suarez kind of reference. That that is some expertly picked. Um, team there Andy just to make sure that, that the last one has a Luis Suarez connection um, the reason he was I was so quick to that one was because he was in my mind because like Andy said the package has been running of uh, the obviously the Uruguay incident and Suarez and the handball which I'll be honest I thought was tremendous at the time from Suarez um, uh, it was just superb to because it's the right thing to do you're in that kind of stage of competition if that ball goes in you're out yeah throw your hand up get the handball, give him the penalty, there's always a chance they're going to miss, and he did miss it. So, perfect. But I also thought it was excellent just to see uh, Uruguay go out and see Suarez crying in, at this World Cup and just have a little bit of, uh, yeah, what comes around goes around, and actually you've got a bit of karma from that one. But Asimo Gian's just, he's, he's such a, a weird player. Like, he was pretty decent for Sunderland, and I kind of expected him to stick around and, perhaps play at a decent level. He wasn't amazing or anything. I wasn't expecting him to sign for Man United or anything, but I, I would have thought he would have kicked around in England for a bit longer at like kind of your Norwiches and your, your Nottingham. Well, maybe not Nottingham Forest. They didn't come up until this year, but like that kind of a level team. But he just seemed to, he, he left Sunderland. I, think, I don't think he left on the best of terms, to be honest. I think there was a bit about his off the field antics as well. And then disappeared into Asia, um, which at the time wasn't a huge market for football um although some of the middle east teams obviously had a lot more money and, and players tended to go there to retire but he, he kind of went there he was still relatively young when he went there and then uh went to turkey and then just kind of finished up his career so a bit of a random one um decent player 
not you know definitely worth playing at the top level but not for one of the top teams at the top level great uh great choice for the penalty miss and provided one of the best world cup moments in my lifetime so i like the pick yes yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one like i said had never appeared on on this before but uh, very much a journeyman career I don't think and he... probably will never appear on this ever again <laughs> i suspect that may well be the case unless we have fucking mackham's on <laughs> I, I don't think they'll pick him either to be honest with you. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a poor shout if you can't even get picked by you know your own english club um but yeah as you said eddie um i think left sunderland went to the uae um i suspect possibly more for the money you know just a just a wild assumption on my part there but yeah de- definitely um definitely an odd career for sure um but he has got one of the best memoir titles that I think I've ever seen, which is Leguandri. <laughs> so legendary, um, you know, just the most awkward possible title of a memoir I think you could get. It's very good. Um, so, yeah, fantastic team. Uh, Andy. honestly, you know, we've we've uh, we've taken a tour from, you know, certainly the sublime to the ridiculous. And, uh, and I think a little bit of everything in between. It's been excellent, mate. No, thank you. I've enjoyed it. Um, sorry I couldn't put the UFO one together, but some of the picks would have been near impossible to get, even for Eddie. Um, so, yeah, it's it was it was good putting it together and that little bit of inspiration hopefully transpired into the universe to ultimately cost Harry Kane just a few nights ago and the French team have went through. So, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I enjoyed that and uh, hope the listeners have too. I know it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Andy and um, you know we, we'd ask our audience you know if you've done us the courtesy of listening to this highly advise you to check out uh, Andy's podcast that UFO podcast um, where where can the people find you Andy? Anywhere um, it's on it's on all audio platforms I'm a bit of an audio purist it's on YouTube as well but if you just type in that UFO podcast on any platform you'll you'll find it and can listen to it as well or if you're proper old school you can go to thatufopodcast.com and listen to it on there if you're in your 60s and in a library. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, mate. OK, well, um, Eddie, you're, you've won the uh, the quiz, so I'm going to come to Scott first because, you know, it's probably you know trying to <laughs> calm down after <laughs> managing to throw it all away. Um, Scott, thank you for coming on, mate. Uh, it's been far too long, but a pleasure to have you as always. Throw it all away. He won because of the goalkeeper fucking first. I'm just like, this is the most, is the most infuriating one. It's just like, I got Landon Donovan not, and not Eric really. Bailly and I still fucking lost. I was like, ha- you know, hang on, hang on. If you'd got the goalie first, then we would have still been five each. Would we fuck? Yeah, we would have because I nicked one of yours and you nicked one of mine, which would have been my one to start and your one yeah, to no, start. You, would have, you, you wouldn't have got Eric Bailly. Children, children. I please. actually have yeah, right off there. Air. No, no, potentially <laughs> right there. I don't think I would have. So no, 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 that's that's, that's all right. But um, anyway, no, 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 yeah, yeah. No, listen. Uh, do you know what I liked about this one? It was like, see, when we have people on talking about their greatest, their greatest, their greatest. It's like, oh fucking hell! It's like Ashley Cole again. You know what I mean? It was like, see, the fact there was a theme in this eleven, it makes it more exciting to guess. It makes you. Try and think. I mean, I was sitting there going, I was just like, right, who's missed a penalty? And I was sitting, was it David Bay? Is it? It made it more exciting. So Andrew, thank you so much. Your eleven definitely made it exciting for us. 
the fact that there was the the twist in there, missed a penalty, played in the Premier League. I was like, right, okay. Some players, some players, when you think a penalty, like I think everybody, as soon as we heard penalty, must went Baggio. Then went played in the Premier League. It's like, oh, so I love that, and uh, you certainly made it an enjoyable episode for us tonight. And for me, these are the best ones. So no, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, just let the the viewers know, like you said, you've given everything off there uh, where they can find the podcast. Uh, just give them a wee reminder of your Twitter app. In case you want to follow it's, for updates. Yeah, so the at handle is UFO, UAP, AM. But you can, again, just search that UFO podcast. It'll be easier and it'll pop up for you. So, yeah, cheers. Thanks, Andrew. Bye to you, Andy. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. Uh, Eddie, uh, you're responsible uh, in a way for this one as well, having introduced this to Andy. So uh, thank you for all your, uh, your help with this one. And uh, cheers again for coming on, man. No, thanks. It's been good to just get back recording this show again. I, I do love recording this show. Um, probably the only time I'll ever say this and definitely the only time I'll say it in public, but thanks, Andy. It's uh, been nice of you to come on and uh, do the show with us. It was an interesting topic, so it did give us a bit of a, a spin on the show. It made us think a little bit outside the box. However, I will hold the Landon Donovan pick against you. That's me getting my own back on a day because we do the halftime quiz on the way back from when we queue from Ibrooks to the Clyde Tunnel. And um, Eddie pretends he doesn't, but he reads the answers during the game when I can't see and asks me the questions <laughs> as if he hasn't himself read the answers and always he, wins. He holds on to the programme. I'm not sure how he thinks I managed to read it. <laughs> nah, nah. I couldn't put anything past you, Eddie, mate. All right, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we're still doing, you know, it's relatively new for us here on Saturday at three, but we hope you're enjoying everything. We'd advise you, and in fact, we strongly encourage you to check out Andy's podcast, That UFO Podcast. Um, I'm certainly going to be checking that out because it sounds fascinating. We are currently running a competition. Um, you can enter to win some beer mats. Idi, would you care to tell us just a little bit about the fantastic prizes that people can win and how they can enter? Yeah, so all details are on the um, Twitter account. So you, what we're giving away is a set of customized rangers beer mats from kickoff merchants um, and they, they look fantastic there's an andy gorham one in there a john greg one in there um, along with other numerous legends and to enter the competition you need to follow us on twitter and um, retweet the tweet and tag two of your mates and we will make the draw before the game against aberdeen on the 20th of december great stuff okay well thank you all for listening and we hope to talk to you again soon bye for now